Welcome to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD, a fresh perspective on relationships, success, and happiness for high-achieving moms. Hey there, it's Jenny. Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Your Rules. Today, I want to talk with you about some strategies to help when you've noticed a problem in your life and you can't seem to get yourself out of it. So very specifically, let's say you are anxious every time you have to deal with something with your kid and you're out in public and everyone's watching you, right? And so every time you need to go to the store with them or every time someone makes a comment or whatever, you find yourself getting really anxious and uptight. Or maybe you don't like the way things are happening at your job. Your bosses are treating you poorly. People are lying. You have a coworker that's out to get you. You know, you just feel like you don't have control over your schedule. You feel like you have no time to yourself. Maybe you feel really frustrated and anxious about that. Maybe you've had a disagreement with someone very close to you and you're sort of, your brain is, is going in circles and spinning on, you know, if only they would just change and do what I tell them, everything would be fine and they won't listen and they're never going to listen, right? So think of something that's like a problem or a thought that just comes up that you can't seem to shake, okay? Uh, Another example of this would be like for many of us who have a really harsh inner critic, you know, maybe no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, how many things you check off your list, how many accolades you achieve, you've got the title, you've got the great job, everyone tells you you're doing so amazing. And then you notice that your brain still tells you you're not good enough. You're an imposter, right? That imposter syndrome feeling. And maybe at this point in your life, many of my clients are, you know, at this point where they've been very successful and they thought, okay, all this success was going to make me not have thoughts that I'm inadequate, right? Or all this success and money was going to make me feel less anxious and worried or whatever the case may be. So I know that's a lot of different examples, but, you know, I think most of us can relate to this idea of having an overwhelming emotion that feels terrible, that it's like a spiral of anxiety or panic or stress, or maybe we can also relate to the idea of having a thought that's so deeply ingrained. Maybe it came up in therapy and we know, oh my gosh, like, you know, this is something that my mom said to me when I was a kid and I can't seem to shake it. Or, you know, after this terrible relationship I had early in life, I never trust anyone to get or whatever it is. And so as you're looking at these thoughts or feelings that are really hard to shake and you're feeling maybe frustrated by them, like, why won't they just go away? I know for many of my clients, after we worked together for a while, they've identified a lot of the thoughts and feelings that create the problems in their life. And they can even on a logical level in our sessions say, yeah, you know, I don't want to believe that I have to fix everything. I don't want to believe that, you know, this person's out to get me. I don't want to, I don't actually even think it's true that I can never trust anyone. I don't actually even think it's true that I am less qualified than my colleagues, right? And then they'll say, but why can't I get rid of this thought? Like, why does it still come back to me, right? Or for someone like me who has, you know, a lot of big emotions and and anger and maybe has, you know, ADHD, Sometimes I feel like, gosh, I've done all this work. Like, why do I still get this flood of, you know, big anger, frustration? Why doesn't it go away? Why is this so overwhelming to me? And so if you find yourself in this position, or even if you don't, I just want you to think about this analogy that that's really, I think, helpful. So I tell my clients that I look at these thoughts and emotions that are happening in my brain as 
kind of like those characters in the movie Inside Out, if you've ever seen that Pixar movie. And if you haven't, you should watch it this weekend. It is so good. One of my favorite movies. This is coming from a girl who used to hate all animated movies, but I got to say, it's brilliant. But so, you know, if you'll remember that movie, they show each person's brain as like, it's like a little organization and the people running the organization up at the top are these little characters that have different emotions. So one is anger, one is joy, one is sadness, things like that. And at different times, those emotions are kind of like having more or less control over, you know, how the person behaves, right? But so you can see them all up there in the brain kind of battling for control of what the person's actually going to do and trying to hit the buttons to, to make a decision, right? So I really like to picture those emotions that feel overwhelming and those thoughts that I can't get rid of, kind of like those little characters, okay? So what makes us human is this whole mix of different characters, different characteristics, different emotions, different thoughts. So when I am in a situation at work, often I'm having several thoughts and emotions about the same situation, right? I might be feeling stressed because I'm thinking I need to get home on time. I might be feeling, you know, worried because I, I'm not sure if I've caught everything and I want to make sure this patient has a great outcome. I might be feeling proud of how great I've been doing. I might be feeling productive and, you know, appreciated because I'm thinking, you know, wow, that was so nice that this family was really kind to me and these nurses are so supportive. I could be feeling grateful, you know, for the job that I have. All of those thoughts and emotions are present in my mind at the same time, right? Same with my kids, right? At one moment, I could both be snuggling with them and thinking how much I love them and how glad I am to be around them. And at the same time thinking, you know, they've been up a little too late. No, I'm worried they're not going to get enough sleep. Tomorrow's going to be hard. And I also have all that work to do. So in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking I really need to figure out how to get them to bed more quickly so I can go get other stuff done, then I'm feeling stressed, right? Or maybe they say something mean to me, so I'm both feeling like hurt by the mean thing that they said, but also worried and sad for them because there's a reason they said that, right? So in any given situation, you have a number of thoughts, and then each of those thoughts is driving a different feeling, and all those things are kind of competing to kind of run the show in your brain, just like that movie. And what I like to picture is all those thoughts are feeling these, these different little emotional creatures just like in Inside Out. And they're all sitting in the backseat, right? And they are all vying for my attention. And they all make me who I am. This whole messy, complicated mix of emotions, right? I'm a human. I am not one-dimensional. I'm multidimensional. And all the different experiences in my life have led me to this point, right? And so all of those thoughts and feelings, even the, the ones I'm not proud of or the ones that I don't want to keep thinking and believing, like they are a part of me and they make me who I am and they're not going to go away completely. And if we're being honest, we don't really want them to disappear completely because yeah, again, then we'd be one dimensional, we'd be robots. So there they are in the backseat. They're vying for your attention. Some are stronger than others, right? The ones you have given the most attention to are going to be the strongest until you can kind of reframe those things and build up habits that are different. And you are in the front seat and you are driving and you know where you want to go. You know the result that you want. You've got the route mapped out. 
You're on your way. It's going to be amazing. You've thought it through. You've planned everything. Okay. And you are the one that decides where you're going. Not those guys in the backseat. Imagine it like your kids back there, right? If you're on the way to this amazing trip and you got to be there by a certain time and you know it's going to be worth it for all of you, right? And then your kids are back there. Oh, can we stop for ice cream? Oh, can we do this? He's mean to me. I don't want to go on this trip. Why are we going there? You know, whatever they're yelling. So they're going to keep doing that. They're a part of you. You love them. They make you who you are. Like they're part of your family. You're not going to throw them out of the car, right? But you're also not going to let them drive, right? You're deciding where you're going. You've got the plan. They're just being noisy back there. They're just thinking about what they want in that given moment. And you get to decide whether or not what they're wanting to do makes sense with where you're trying to go, right? In the same way with these thoughts and emotions that come up. Now that you know they're there and you can hear them going around back there, now you get to be in control. You get to decide, hey, you know what? I appreciate that you're worried about me or that you're angry about this. I get it. It makes sense that you're angry that this person talked to us this way. But anger, (laughs) you don't get to decide what we're doing next. I'm deciding that I'm going to drive a different way. I'm going to take a different action, right? And so they're going to stay back there in the back seat. They're not going to just jump out of the car and you don't want them to. <laughs> whether whether we're talking about literally our kids or my little metaphor here of our thoughts and experiences and emotions that make us who they are. We don't really need them to disappear completely or want them to disappear completely, right? But we also don't want to let them drive. And Also notice that the more you turn around and yell at them to stop saying things or try to debate with them or argue with them about why you're not doing it, right? Notice what's happening when you're doing that. Your attention is not on the road. Your attention is not on where you need to go. Your attention is on these thoughts and these feelings that are in the back that you already said you don't want to be driving you, right? So the more you focus on them and try to get rid of them and try to silence them, the less you are focusing on the new direction where you want to go. It's it's really splitting your energy, splitting your focus, and it's going to drive you off the road, right? It's going to result in some bad consequences, and you're not going to get where you want to go as efficiently as you could. And even if you do get there, you're going to be exhausted and frustrated and yelling at everybody, and you're not going to enjoy the process of getting there either, right? And you're going to have all this built-up resentment. Not to mention, you know, the people in the backseat are going to be annoyed and frustrated and angry and they haven't had their say and they don't feel like you've heard them. It's just going to escalate everything, right? So what's the alternative, right? You allow them to be there in the backseat without resisting. And resisting can look like completely ignoring them and pretending they're not even there when they're trying to say something important, right? It's like if your kid is actually hurt or about to throw up in the backseat, right? You want them to get your attention or you can't completely ignore them. Right? And it also isn't spending all your time and energy arguing with them and trying to make them make them not talk and not be who they are and trying to kick them out of the car. It's a process of acknowledging them, accepting them, allowing them to be there, and not devoting all of your attention on fighting them. And the thing about emotions and kids, let's <laughs> keep beating this analogy to death here, is that what they really want is to be heard. And often once they truly feel heard, like they do silence themselves a bit and calm down a bit. And particularly with this mindset management work, the more that you get in the habit of allowing your emotions, acknowledging your thoughts, but not letting them run the show, the better and better you get at doing it, 
the quieter and quieter they become, it becomes more of a habit and it does get easier. So I don't want to leave you with no hope of that. But I think sometimes people have this impression that they're going to come to me, we're going to coach together. And as soon as they notice the thoughts, then they're just going to banish those thoughts. They're never going to think them again. They're always going to be in their logical brain and they're going to be some sort of amazing Zen person, you know, who is living life based on all these wonderful Dalai Lama quotes and Instagram quotes or whatever. And it doesn't really look like that, right? And then they get frustrated with me because they're like, why are these thoughts not going away? I know I don't believe these things. I've done all this work. This is not serving me. I don't want to think this anymore, right? And and you'll notice how that turns into a lot of resistance focused on why aren't the thoughts gone yet, which actually slows down progress and makes the process, it's like we're taking our perfectionist brain now and we're applying it to the coaching process and like wanting ourselves, beating ourselves up for not being perfect. And in this ironic way, that actually makes it harder and harder to get to where we want to be right? To be the most, the the more excellent version of ourselves. We're kind of like letting the perfect be the enemy of the good again, right? So it's really this process of just noticing things, letting them be there, recognizing them for who they are as part of you, right? Noticing those emotions and kind of setting boundaries. Like, hey, I hear you and I'm driving, right? You're not driving anymore. We're trying this other way. We're going this way. I know where we're going. I got it. Thank you. And really setting those boundaries with your own brain, there's a lot of practical work that comes into this that we do in coaching where we we talk about, okay, how do I allow my anger, allow my anxiety without letting it run the show, right? And that's something a lot of us were never taught because we were just taught to pretend it wasn't there or to try to take away all the triggers for it so we didn't have to deal with it. But there are great skills that we teach in coaching to help you actually manage those emotions in a healthier way right? And soften up those thoughts. And there's a lot of really cool practical strategies, but I love to make sure people understand this big picture that the goal isn't to completely get rid of all the problematic thoughts and feelings that you've had. I know that as perfectionists, that's kind of what you want me to say. (laughs) My clients, some of my clients want me to say that, but I would never say that to you because I don't want you to lose those beautiful, messy parts of you that make you, you. That is so important to retain while you're learning to handle it better. Because those things are what make you able to be vulnerable and authentic and continue to have true, honest connection with your husband and your kids and your colleagues and whatever else, right? And I would argue that if you really think about it, you don't want that either. Because you don't want to be some sort of robot or perfect zen person that no one can relate to and open up to. You want real genuine connections that are born from a place of authenticity and vulnerability and love and being willing to apologize and share. And that comes from a practice of not getting rid of those thoughts completely, but of acknowledging them and learning to handle them in a healthy way so that then you can help your kids learn to do the same and you can share that with other people and they can feel safe to do it around you too. That's really the goal. So this week, if you're noticing that you're stuck in anxiety or panic or anger or fear, or jealousy, or any sort of emotion that's just not feeling great, or any, you're stuck in these thoughts that you can't stop believing, you know, frustrations with other people, I want you to just take a minute and acknowledge that it's totally okay and normal to be a human who thinks and feels that way. And even with those thoughts and emotions there, you are still driving. They can go in the backseat and you decide where you want to go. You decide which of those thoughts and emotions are driving the car. And you're always in control of that. Let me know if this is helpful. 
And as always, if you want to do some one-on-one work to really figure out exactly what those thoughts and feelings are and have me help you get a real personalized practical plan in place to allow them in a healthy way, show up the way you want to and be more intentional, I'm here. Going into the holidays is the really key time for this work. There's a lot of expectations and opinions and a lot to juggle. And it's amazing to have someone in your corner helping you sort it all out so that you can enjoy your holidays with your family in the way that works best for you. Reach out, set up a console. I would love to chat with you. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD. Would you like to learn more about how to apply this to your own life through personalized coaching with Jenny? Visit us on the web at jennyhobbsmd.com to schedule a free consultation. If you found value in what you heard today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and giving us a five-star rating so we can reach even more women like you.